It's Monday. It's May 24th. And the word of the day is chirosclerosis, which means that moment when you realize you're happy, which makes your brain then pick it apart and put it in context where it slowly dissolves away. Used in a sentence, thanks to chirosclerosis, I have Schrodinger's happiness, so that's fun. <laughs> well, so I live in prime gas hoarding country, and I have no commute. So you can pick it apart all you want. It, it will not dissolve. Yeah. Just don't look at it. <laughs> Can't have chirocoplacus if you're never happy. Get your head in the game, Heath. Get your there head you in the go. game. There you go. I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, New Jersey is top eight in something, and I'm legally obligated to talk about it. Georgia is in the bottom eight of that very same thing because of <laughs> fucking course it is. And if you have chiseled abs and stunning features, it doesn't mean that you too can't not die in a freak gasoline fight accident. <laughs> but first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight are my fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. So, gentlemen, I stepped foot outside today as a white guy. It was scary, but I did it. <laughs> Are you ready to contradict Joe Rogan some more by speaking words as well? <laughs> I mean, if the bug-eating guy who knows about kick-punching doesn't have his finger on the pulse of society, I don't know who to trust anymore. <laughs> I don't know who to trust. <laughs> so, 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 Eli, he didn't eat bugs. He presided over bug eating. Let's yeah. not oversell the guy, okay? No, it's fair. It's fair. And just in case anyone missed it, what we're talking about, Joe Rogan literally said straight white guys aren't going to be allowed to go outside or talk on his huge podcast. He talked that to millions yep, of people. He yep. sure did. In our lead story tonight, our political system is so stupidly designed that if one of the two major parties tries to overthrow the elected government and install its own leaders, the other side, at least to some degree, has to ask their permission to investigate it. They do. Yeah, and it turns out the Republicans don't really want to know how guilty they are, so they're doing everything in their power to make sure we know less about the insurrection. If you can even think of a good reason one might do that in a theoretical world, I'll give you a fucking skittle. But that's where we are. Um, maybe Mike Pence doesn't want to live through the painful memories of his brother voting to not find out who tried to kill him. <laughs> Did you think of that, Noah? Huh? Where's my skittle? skittle? Yeah, seriously, ostrich terrorists are looking at Republicans being like, yeah, we don't actually do that. That's <laughs> remarkable. We don't do that. So, yeah, so for a minute, it looked like we were going to get some kind of bipartisan bill to look into this shit out of the Senate. Uh, you know, you know, Lucy's going to let us kick the ball this time kind of way anyway. Yep. Uh, but after <laughs> agreeing to provision after provision that would narrow the scope and diminish the power of said investigation, Senate Minority Leader and former Matchbook Art School model Mitch McConnell announced on Wednesday that he would oppose even the watered down version of the bill. And immediately after McConnell's announcement, at least one Republican senator that had expressed support for the commission the previous fucking day backed away and closed ranks around ignorance. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, if half the country was Al-Qaeda, we wouldn't have done the 9-11 commission either, so... True. <laughs> and three-quarters of congressional districts would be Al-Qaeda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Uh, but but as if to remind people what shit would look like if we were willing to lean into the whole majority rule idea, hours after McConnell's announcement, the House voted to approve the fucking bill. 
If passed by the Senate, it would create a bipartisan committee modeled after the 9-11 Commission to investigate the January 6th riot. Of course, based on McConnell's recent comments, it won't be passed by the Senate, but damned if the House doesn't at least want to make them say, we'd like to strangle this investigation in its cradle out loud. And while the overwhelming majority of House Republicans voted against it, 35 actually did join with Democrats at least long enough to agree that trying to overthrow the government and murder the vice president at the behest of the sitting president is worthy of looking into. They don't even want to look into it, right? They held four days of congressional hearings on Antifa and they don't want to look into the attempted coup. They spent four days on old white men trying to ask the CEO of Google about iPhone alerts. Yes! (laughs) That's a thing that... Maybe we can get an afternoon about the violent coup of the entire government. That'd be great. Apparently not. So, so of course, the political calculus here is obvious, right? Like, as bad as it looks to blatantly obstruct an investigation into one's own wrongdoing, McConnell is understandably convinced that it looks better than whatever a bipartisan commission would come up with given the power to do a real investigation on this shit. Yeah. What's more, this bad press comes in May of 2021, while the bad press from the January 6th commission would come in January of next year when their report came out. And American voters have the attention span of goldfish with memento disease, so this is better. Yeah, we're just looking down at our stomach. Blub? What the fuck is blub? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I think it's worth noting that so far in Biden's presidency, Republicans in the Senate haven't actually filibustered anything. And I feel like part of the reason is that they know there's a non-zero chance that if they stick that limb out, it's going to get cut off. Do it. I I feel like deploying it for the first time to prevent an investigation into their own party's crimes is sort of a silver platter kind of situation if you're a Democrat who's salivating at the prospect of doing away with the supermajority bullshit, though, right? Well, actually, Senate Majority Whip Dick Durbin put it perfectly, quote, when the filibuster is actually used, it becomes an exhibit in the case against continuing it. End quote. Yeah. If mom's on the verge of taking away the Nintendo Switch, not the ideal time to use it to look at child porn. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay, but I think you're misunder overestimating the Republican Party there. (laughs) But yes, child porn analogy aside, we should definitely make them filibuster an investigation into themselves. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And by the way, if there's anything that makes it look like you shouldn't have it every time you use it, you shouldn't have it, right? Shouldn't like I have just, it. Uh, so, yeah, as much as it pains me to say it, I don't think there's any level of abuse the Republicans can reach with the filibuster that's going to move assholes like Joe Manchin on the filibuster, but there's at least an outside chance that the threat of it could move the needle enough to empower a commission that would just submit a report to the same obstructionist assholes with a series of recommendations that they could then filibuster ah fuck it Uh. (laughs) let's go to the ad for policy (laughs) genius hello i'm belial the infinite and i am jesaratham the eternal walker of the plains and neither of us will ever die that's right belial thanks to an ancient tome we discovered in the desert we shall continue long after the last star's light has faded but not everyone has it that easy and that's why there's policy genius oh what's policy genius policy genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place why compare you could save thirteen hundred dollars or more per year on life insurance by using policy genius to compare policies wow if my physical form wasn't untouchable and eternal, 
I'd want to know more. Me too. Getting started is easy. First, head to PolicyGenius.com, and in minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to find your best price. When you're ready to apply, the Policy Genius team will handle the paperwork and scheduling for free. Policy Genius never sells your information to other companies, and Policy Genius doesn't add on extra fees. Okay, well, by the mystical orb that summoned me into existence... I would like to know where do I sign up. Head to policygenius.com to get started now. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. Also true of walking the color pools of the Eternus. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, you don't right? want to screw that up. Sweet pools. And we're back. And in good news. As of Sunday morning, Rhode Island is now the eighth state to have administered at least one COVID-19 shot to 70% of its adult population. And the hits keep on coming. Guys, Rhode Island has 46 people on it, in it and they all live on the same fucking street. How did seven other states beat you to this? <laughs> yes, the Ocean State, that's what Rhode Island is, by the way, joins Connecticut, Hawaii, Maine, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont, and... Of course, my home state of New Jersey in hitting this important milestone in the fight against COVID. If, if you noticed that that wasn't eight, by the way, I believe New Mexico is the other one. I'm not, I'm not sure if Georgia's made it over <laughs> 70 people, let alone 70%. Wow. Yeah. And I point this out for a couple of reasons. The first is it's 2021, baby. I'm going to take all the good news I can get. But the second is when one looks at the national vaccination numbers, it's easy to worry that we're losing this fight, right? If you just pop onto the New York Times vaccination tracker, the number it shows you is a measly 39%. But that's of the entire U.S. population and includes like babies and stuff. And it paints, in my opinion, an overly negative picture of our progress. Well, yeah, I mean... There is a degree to which they're doing that stuff on purpose. I mean, like, I get that you don't want people thinking that the risk is over, but when the national numbers started looking encouraging on Washington Post's homepage, they switched over to the worldwide numbers, right? So they, <laughs> That's yeah, good. They that, want you to keep checking. That's the map that matters. Well, sure. We can have, like, regional flight regulations and stuff, but until most of the world has COVID under control, it's going to be mutating and possibly spreading. You know, viruses get past the TSA pat-down once in a while. It happens. Uh, oh, yeah, and... The killing people is an issue. The basic ethics of that, that's problematic. So the timeout on vaccine patent law needs to happen. Yeah. And Biden actually backed it. Mm -hmm. Pharma companies are going to whine about it, but a huge chunk of vaccine science is government funded. Recently, obviously for COVID, but also for decades yeah. of vaccine science existing. And that obviously counts and helps. So those pharma companies can go fuck themselves for a little while. And you know what? They can fuck themselves on their pile of money that they already have. Yeah. They're going to be fucking fine. Yeah, I think mom and pop Pfizer are going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, so about those numbers. According to the CDC website, when you count folks over the age of 18, 61% have received at least one dose. And among the most vulnerable, those ages 65 and up, that number jumps to more than 85% of the population that have received their first shot. In short... The numbers we were hoping for in terms of folks who were the most susceptible to severe illness from COVID are about where they need to be. And look, I am not saying COVID is over. Heath just made really, really good points. We can and should continue to fight to reach true herd immunity. But if you were looking around at recent CDC recommendations wondering what the fuck they're thinking, that that is what they're thinking. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, and in their defense, you got to keep in mind the CDC recommendations can't take into account the fact that a lot of people just ignore 
the CDC recommendations, right? Like, like they can't just come out and be like, well, we'd say X, but you motherfuckers wouldn't listen anyway, so why? <laughs> yeah. The food pyramid is just like, I don't know, chips at midnight, you assholes. <laughs> My point is, it's not just a good idea to be hopeful at this point in the pandemic. It's scientifically grounded as well. Unless you're in most of the rest of the world. Unless you're in most of the rest of the world, in which yeah. case you are fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and in Tuck Your Face news, Tucker Carlson contradicted Joe Rogan this week with another round of white-splaining national news into the conservative households of America. Plus my personal apartment. <laughs> and my Hulu DVR is very confused. Over the last month, I recorded some Champions League soccer. I recorded... Keegan-Michael Key hosting SNL, and I recorded every episode of Tucker Carlson tonight. <laughs> and now Hulu is squinting at me in bewilderment like it's hosting Tucker Carlson tonight. <laughs> but after a long standoff, it let me watch an episode. And I learned that America is about to get taken over by aliens because we're too busy teaching the military about critical race theory and ignoring those UFOs. That is the lead story of the entire week for his show of news. Sorry, I just love the idea of TiVo making you like go through tasks to watch Tucker Carlson. They, they made you <laughs> name how many senators there were before it had recorded. That dude's yeah. listenership would drop to zero overnight, my friends. Well Heath would still, yeah, but to, no, to make it make it how many members of Congress are there? Like one hundred is one of the six numbers they know. Right? I don't like I don't <laughs> like those fair. odds. No, that's fair. So, that's fair. So before he gets into the aliens, Tucker complains that the U.S. military is focused on a bunch of nonsense, like the impending war with a group of buildings in Syria. Yeah. He actually said that. This little segment included the phrase, wherever the hell Syria is, from the host of a news show. Good newscasting. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We're also getting distracted by some kind of existential climate thing, blah, 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 nerd. And apparently... Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is spending all his time purging the military of people who voted for Donald Trump. Tucker had a clip to prove that point. It was Austin explaining that he's trying to get rid of sexual assault and neo-Nazis. Hmm. So I guess Tucker was right about yeah, that mostly. Actually, so yeah. Good work. One other big problem is a guy named Bishop Garrison, according to Tucker. Garrison advises the Pentagon about diversity and inclusion. And Garrison said... There's no nuance when it comes to getting rid of white supremacists. And then Tucker argued against that. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Tonight on Tucker Carlson, we'll just see about fire hot. <laughs> There's some nuance <laughs> to it, assholes. Yeah. Well, so, no, I, I mean, I get, Eli, that you're trying to exaggerate. But okay, when the CDC pointed out that you could get salmonella from kissing chickens, he did a goddamn segment on how chicken <laughs> yeah. kissing was your God-given right. <laughs> did he kiss a chicken? Did no, he kiss a chicken? Had a guest, he had a chicken kissing guest on. <laughs> oh, I want to watch Tucker Carlson try to kiss a chicken. <laughs> I've got all of them on my DVR it's if you want. Fancy you know. boy. There's a series of questions you need to answer. Eli, how many congresspeople are there? Yep, too slow. So <laughs> after arguing for a balanced evaluation of the nuanced pros and cons of white supremacy, Tucker finally gets to his big alien revelation that he stole from 60 Minutes. Yeah. In the episode of 60 Minutes, they showed a video of Navy pilots looking at a dot off the coast of California. Or it was maybe a speed run of Galaga on a bad TV that needed a little more <laughs> tape over the coax connection. 
Hard to say. It was one of those things. But there was a dot, and, and it moved. And the guy doing the narration keeps circling little dots and saying, the Pentagon doesn't know what this is, or this is, or this is. So after showing that video, Tucker jumps back in and says, the Pentagon doesn't know what it is, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> but then he added that on top of needing to know about the not knowing, we also need to know that potential alien attacks are the reason we shouldn't be getting rid of all the neo-Nazis in the military. What? Why? Great question, Noah. No more questions, please. That's all we need to know. <laughs> okay. To be fair, ignoring the real problem of racism for theoretical aliens is a fantastic catchphrase for America. Huh? Right? <laughs> well, I just, I it's, it's, we would have to know what everything is, right? Like, the Pentagon doesn't know what's in my pockets, so we can't get rid of racists yet? <laughs> That's all we need to know about Noah's pockets. <laughs> And it could be aliens in Noah's pockets. We don't know that it's not a threat to the United <laughs> States. But it turns out we actually still needed to know some more. Damn it, he Tucker, lied to us. Yeah, he lied. <laughs> Tucker brought on Lou Elizondo, whose job title is no longer working for the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Mm -hmm. He's also very clearly a henchman for a goat centaur, so I stopped yeah. paying attention completely oh, at this point. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Podcast listener Heath has placed a picture of this gentleman in our notes. He does not have a soul patch. He has a soul forest, my friend. Yes, <laughs> yes and it's such a different color than his hair that it looks like one of those kid books where you can like separately flip the eyes, the nose, and the mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He looks like a really bad version of Mr. Potato Head. Wooly willy yeah. speed dating. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually I went back. I got the description of the Galaga dots that allegedly buzzed a U.S. Navy stealth ship. According to Elizondo, quote, imagine a technology that can do 600 to 700 G-forces that can fly 13,000 miles an hour that can evade radar. I don't know how they saw it. That can evade radar that can fly through air and water and possibly space, and oh, by the way, has no obvious signs of propulsion, no wings, no control surfaces, and yet can still defy the natural effects of Earth's gravity. Oh. And now, now, imagine a drop of condensation inside the lens of our camera. <laughs> Boring, right? Are we done? Yeah. Are we done? I imagine that's all you need to know. One of the fucking videos is definitely a balloon. One of the videos he's talking is so stupid. Yeah, it's much easier to imagine your dumb ass being mistaken, man. I can't. The other thing that defies the law of physics, not so much. You being a fucking idiot, that's way easier on me. Also, flying doesn't defy the rules of physics. We do that, too. It's yeah, not, yeah, that's not how that works. A balloon with no fucking propulsion, no wings, no control surfaces can defy <laughs> Earth's gravity. Okay, but let's be as generous as possible here. Let's grant for a second that aliens found us. This is the narrative, if that's the case. That dot was a vehicle from a super intelligent race of aliens that flew across the galaxy with one little saucer that's apparently also a submarine. Yep. And they were like, all right, so there's no way these humans have, like, camcorder tech. So pop out of the ocean. Great. Uh, buzz that Navy ship right there for a few seconds. And now uh, we fly back under the water and nailed it. We nailed it. <laughs> all right. Classic times. Prank. Back to Trial from Mador. Great. Right. Yeah, that was let's, fun. Let's spend another 150 generations going home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally worth it. 
And on that note, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, Mack Weldon. Lulu, Lou, doing heat stuff. Heat stuff is my favorite stuff. Lulu, we need to talk. Oh, boxers, you, you can talk? Yes, Heath, we can. And so can I. T-shirt? Yes, Heath, it's time for you to move on from us. Move on? What do you mean? Look at us, Heath, stained, full of holes. You need new men's basics. Seriously? Oh, I mean, I, I guess I could hit up the drugstore again. They have a basket in the back next to the the weird Bible books. No, no, Heath, you're, you're 40 now. I am almost 40. I'm 39 and like three quarters, approximately. I'm 39. The, I'm the, in my the, 30s. The time has come for Mac Weldon. Oh, what's Mac Weldon? Mac Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart designs and high-quality fabrics. Mac Weldon offers a one-stop shop for men's basics. Socks, shirts, hoodies, underwear, polos, and active shorts. Whatever you need, Mac Weldon has you covered. Unlike the assortment of department store brands that make up your top drawer, all of Mac Weldon's basics have a consistent fit that you can count on. So you're saying no more blown-out waistbands or stretched-out neck holes? That's right, Heath. In fact, Mack Weldon is so sure that you're going to love what they sell that if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep them and they'll still refund you. No questions asked. Okay, how do I sign up? Well, for 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash Skeptocrat and enter promo code Skeptocrat. Again, for 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash Skeptocrat and enter promo code Skeptocrat. Got it. Well, I gotta say, I'm gonna miss you guys. We'll miss you too, Heath. Yeah. Socks wanted to be here, but it was just too hard. Sure, sure, get it. Yep, totally get it. And we're back. Next up in headlines in Red Rover, Red Rover news tonight. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We got one step closer to interplanetary battle bots last week when China successfully landed a six-wheel rover on the surface of Mars. This makes China only the second nation in the world to successfully deploy a rover on another world. Unless you count rovers that never actually roved, in which case the Soviet Union also had one. Um, <laughs> but but I, I think I speak on behalf of all American space nerds when I say that we're happy to welcome China into the fold and we're not at all bitter about relinquishing that chunk of national pride. So congratulations on achieving something that we first did in 1997. We're very <laughs> impressed, <laughs> even though we have enough rovers up there to field the basketball team and our latest one has a helicopter sidekick, but yours is still good too. Okay, to be fair, their <laughs> rover is just up there to dump some pollutants and they are destroying that <laughs> on both planets. It's They're... coal powered, yeah. yeah. Right. But <laughs> did you bring oxygen just so that, okay, that's dumb. But yeah, so the mission launched on the 23rd of July of last year, uh, exactly a week before the mission that carried the Perseverance, which is weird since ours showed up way back in February. Right. <laughs> Wait, uh, so we passed them? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. You know, we did like a Luigi death stare when we passed them, like revved the engine as we pulled up next to him for a second. <laughs> well, actually, there's like like 
orbited Mars for a really long time deciding if it really had the guts to go down that water Oh, like slide. a fat kid on a diving board. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, but So ultimately they targeted Utopia Planitia, uh, a massive basin nearly 2,000 miles across, often called the part that's least challenging to land on, um, a combination <laughs> parachute and rocket platform eased the lander to the planet's surface, an idea that they probably stole from us because that's how we do it, and they managed to do all of it without hurtling a house-sized chunk of metal at the Seychelles, which is a Apparently harder than it looks. <laughs> uh, the, the Chinese government says they hope to get at least 90 days of service out of the rover or approximately five days fewer than the Perseverance rover has already been. <laughs> this is amazing. This is the closest we're ever going to get to Noah being racist. What else did those motherfuckers <laughs> try to do, Noah? <laughs> Come. Yeah, don't say build a space railroad. Just okay, ease okay. It back all right. With the <laughs> spacism, it's okay. just it's a little much. But yes, I love that Noah's in a rap battle with China's yeah, right. space program right now. <laughs> all right, but so in all seriousness, though, it's actually very cool whenever a national monopoly falls in space. Right, like as the present state of our political system amply demonstrates, you don't want to invest solitary ownership of any scientific achievement to us. No. Right? We we can't even be trusted with the metric system. And China was in desperate need of some good space news at the moment. Plus, it seems to have spurred the European Space Agency to try for a Mars rover of their own, despite the spectacular failure they had the last time they tried to do that. And the time before that. Okay, okay, best of both worlds. Next Eurovision, we launch the winner to Mars. Earth wins, <laughs> Mars gets a singer, Europe gets a thing. There you go. Yeah, they'll rove around for a minute, I'm sure. They'll bring coke, so, we know so, now. <laughs> so the name of the uh, rover, by the way, is Zhurong, which is a, it comes from a Chinese mytho-historical figure associated with fire and light. Apparently, the name was chosen by a public online vote in February of this year. So even though their Mars rover isn't setting any technological records, they did surpass the West in at least one technological achievement. The ability to name something through an online poll and not get Spacey McSpace face. So congratulations <laughs> on that as well. That would have been great, though. That would have been pretty cool. And in cryptobuology news, one of the fun things about being a podcaster is that my wrongness is burned into the digital record and will be there <laughs> long after I am gone from this earth, my friends. A casual perusal of our programming will find horrific errors on everything from the pronunciation of the word nuclear to whether or not you have to worry about that cold thing that's going around in China to who was going to win the 2016 election. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there is perhaps no subject about which I have been more confidently wrong than cryptocurrency or... Was I? Nope. There's no question you were 100% yeah, you... wrong. Mm -hmm. Crypto is down big this week, and you were still definitely wrong. <laughs> now, I'm not saying it's a good investment, but it's up huge since you said to sell even after this big dip. Yeah. 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 No, all investments are bad if we get to keep counting until heat death ensues or whatever. Right? <laughs> yeah. So... Last week, as Keith just hinted, the entire crypto market lost nearly $1 trillion in value, with the granddaddy of crypto, Bitcoin, dropping by 30% all on its own. And while the market has rebounded slightly since then, it's no It's down again today, by the way. It's down again. Yeah. See, see? And it'll probably be up again by the time you hear this. Who knows? Uh, but probably either not, way, <laughs> it's nowhere near the highs that it reached last month. There are a variety of factors at play here, but the two largest causes are Chinese regulation and, I'm not kidding, Elon Musk being a dingus. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's real. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Speaking of Elon Musk, and now that we're looking back at 
fucking mad money with Eli. Tesla stock approximately doubled <laughs> since you said sell. I, excuse me. It's called bad money with Eli. And yeah. the pitch stock is still out there, Heath. I wish you wouldn't spoil it for people. <laughs> so let's start with the not fun reason why Bitcoin is through the garbage hole. According to CNN, last week, China's central bank sent out like a message to all the Chinese institutions and businesses telling them not to accept digital currencies as payment or offer services using them, which many people saw as an indication of coming regulation. And since a tremendous amount of business in cryptocurrency is using its anonymous nature, quite a few folks got out while the getting was good. <laughs> yeah. Not only is Bitcoin a type of money that's basically made of a really big piece of digital bar napkin scrap paper yep. and backed by <laughs> exactly zero governments, now it's getting attacked by governments who, understandably, really enjoy their local monopoly on moneying in general. Yeah. Yeah. And if dollars being fiat money bothers you, it shouldn't. That's the, the definition of a national currency. Be, but yeah. if that bothers... Yes, it has to be. It's so... Don't say don't say fiat money, pretty much. Nobody except me now. But like, pretty much don't say that if you say that. Chicken-based system. If that bothers you, keep in mind that Bitcoin is turning into... Actively not money by fiat. Yeah, That's you can what's do it both now. ways, actually. Yeah. <laughs> the full faith and credit of national governments might want to destroy it with their visible hands. That yeah. That's what might be happening right now. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, could become valueless overnight if seven people get a hair up their collective asses. Doesn't make it a bad investment necessarily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 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 hey, there might be rules soon wasn't the only reason. Elon Musk announced that Tesla, his electric car company, would no longer accept Bitcoin as payment in spite of his fervent support of the currency in the past. An announcement that caused the value of Bitcoin to go down by itself by 12%. Wow. Yeah, he was also so very extremely not funny in a Weekend Update skit about Dogecoin oh <laughs> during God. his SNL hosting that the price of Dogecoin went down about 20% the next day. <laughs> he also called it, quote, a hustle during that skit. But I like to think the aggressively unfunny thing helped a lot. And then I'm pretty sure he thought about tweeting that Tesla might go private again, and then he got yelled at by his lawyers because, you know, that's a hustle. Yeah. We're going to get in trouble for trying to inflate the stock price again. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Now, I should point out that many are speculating that this decision was less motivated by the environmental concerns that Musk claims and more motivated by the fact that Musk himself had artificially inflated the price of Bitcoin by buying a bunch and then selling it after his own announcement so he could buy even more while it was low which is the kind of thing you can do when you have a billion dollars. It's also a really good argument for regulation because we have no idea if that's what Elon Musk did because Bitcoin is a napkin thingy. Yeah, I I'm not sure who needs to hear this, but the problem with financial markets isn't too much goddamn regulation. <laughs> right? That's the exact opposite of the problem. Yeah, that said... That's a Ponzi scheme, Noah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, that said, for all you crypto cronies out there, I do have some good news. I, Eli Bosnick, just did a story about cryptocurrency being bad. And, as Heath vaguely pointed out, whenever I do I that... I wasn't vague. I was really specific <laughs> no, yeah, about how wrong you were. As yeah. he gently hinted, whenever I do that... It wasn't gently. The market proves me wrong. So, yeah, you're welcome, Bitcoin holders. But remember, and, and do take advice from a podcast... 
no matter what you're investing in, be it Bitcoin, stocks, or DVD box sets of the short-lived sci-fi television series, The 4400, never invest more than you're prepared to lose. Especially on that last one. I lost my pants, people, but... Yeah. So you invested in DVD box sets? Of the 4400. It was such a good show. And I figured mm-hmm. every their laser Seemed discs. like it was coming back. No, I get it. I Blockbuster's get it. not going anywhere. I'm putting money into this. This is great. <laughs> cool. Everyone loves movies. <laughs> and they started mailing them to you. And finally tonight, we have some good news and some bad news. The bad news, the computer system for a giant oil pipeline that provides about half the gasoline for the entire east coast of the United States got very easily hacked and shut down for six days. Mm. And then they had another shutdown, not from hacking, because they were just kind of bad at starting it up again. This led to the closure of more than 11,000 gas stations and a giant panic, which in turn made the problem even worse when idiots tried to hoard fuel in a loose pile in their prepper (laughs) cave like a dragon with gold stuff. The good news, though, a few of those idiots had very explodey afternoons. So that was fun for <laughs> not us. Not so stupid not letting you pump your own gas in New Jersey now, are we? That's right, everyone. Watch and learn. Um, yeah, yeah. Way to keep the people dumb enough to store gasoline in a used KFC bucket in your gene pool, Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Well, <done. laughs> welcome. We did it. And you know those gas station attendants would have been hoarding, like, whatever. I don't, I'm not sure that that's solving as much as you think. So They'll hose you down if you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the hacking part, which, again, was way too fucking easy. The hackers weren't like a sophisticated team of cyber spies from the KGB or whatever the new version of that is, that dropped down from the ceiling on ropes through a laser field to access an air-gapped mainframe at this pipeline. If that was the case, I'd actually feel much better about the whole thing. But no, it was just a ransomware gang of nerds operating from somewhere in Russia, which actually means that, you know, they might be sophisticated cyber spies from the KGB. Well, but yeah, but it's, it's good. They didn't need any of those skills if that's the skills they have. No. Whoever it was, it looks like they just, you know, they got Dave from Colonial Pipeline HR to open a Britney Spears email and they immediately took over the company's data system. And then they demanded $5 million worth of Bitcoin to let Colonial Pipeline have their computers back. And they got paid. Mm-hmm. It's worth a lot less now, yeah. but they got paid. To be fair, as he's mentioned, they're probably also Russian spies, but... They were definitely doing this on their day off, right? This was like a team building retreat or something. Oh, yeah, or somebody going like, you know, it'd be funny if this worked. Yeah, right, right. Like, it really makes you wonder why governments want to get rid of Bitcoin, though. It's probably something sinister that they're doing, right? Fiat, damn it. So you might be thinking, why the fuck would a giant pipeline company have Dave from HR connected to the computers that control the physical machinery? Yeah, I was thinking that. that's... Almost the exact wording of the post-mortem analysis from the experts who looked into it. So apparently Colonial does have separate systems, but but maybe kind of not. They weren't quite sure, and Steve from IT was like, ah, 50-50 on it. What? And as soon as they realized they got hacked on the data side, they just shut down the whole pipeline on the physical side. They were concerned that the malware might fuck up their billing system and they wouldn't get paid correctly. And also, Steve from IT said they might have a few random cables going between their business servers and their wildly important physical operation network. Okay. 
I'm I'm really hoping that the I don't know where this cord goes level of IT incompetency stops at that level, but apparently not. No, apparently it does, it does not. not. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean the whole like we're not sure what's connected to what thing is especially concerning when your whole thing is pipeline, right? Pipeline, yeah, right. Like I just I, like I am now thirty percent certain that somewhere along that line, there's a fucking bojangles with crude oil spitting out of the sprite button on the fucking <laughs> soda fountain. Yeah. Yep. People collecting bags of Sprite there, yeah. <laughs> so, apparently, Joe Biden checked on this. Ooh. Uh, uh, yeah, really hoping that means a person from his administration born after we invented the first electronic computer checked <laughs> yeah, on. That would be great. I would, really, what I would really like that for yeah. me. <laughs> Either way, Biden explained last week that when you shut down a pipeline, which they can do like a light switch, you can't just turn it back on like a light switch, which is, I got to be honest, useful information like i thought it was a light switch for both in my head like for sure i was like oh then just turn it the fuck back on no you can't do that but the slow roll of getting the pipeline back up meant an extended gas panic and the giant mob of hoarders all entered into a darwin awards satellite tournament that they weren't even aware of being part of lots of competition there that includes a florida man who filled up i'm assuming bunch of sandwich baggies, but the good ones with the zippy top, the good ones, and uh, quickly exploded his Hummer. Like, immediately it exploded. No fatalities other than, you know, his his penis, which is spiritually bound to his Hummer during yeah, his midlife crisis. Yeah. But, yeah, nobody else died. Okay, what I don't understand is how these people think they're going to get the gas back out of the bags, right? Like, into the bags is dumb enough, but it's hard to imagine a worse <laughs> container for gasoline when you are ready to use it than a plastic bag. <laughs> two, two words, Eli. Capri Sun. Oh, you know what? Retracted. Retracted. There are a bunch of people going to the ER because they tried to sip out some gas like a Capri Sun and then spit it into their car or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Hours. <laughs> and that brings us to the star of the show. Jessica Patterson of South Carolina. Jesse P. Ooh. She wanted to stock up on gas for a car that she did not have. That'll hold so you back. She stole a Pontiac G6, went to a gas station, filled up some containers, put them in the back, and started driving away. And that's when a police car tried to pull her over after getting a tip about the stolen car. So she decided to outrun the police and start a car chase with several large bombs in her backseat. How'd that go? It went great. It went great, Eli. Good question. Apparently, that chase, it lasted about five entire seconds. <laughs> According to the report, the cop turned on the siren, Patterson floored it, and immediately, somehow, rolled the car over and crashed in a giant explosion, like five seconds later. But she also survived. Nobody died. And she will not be getting the Darwin. Oh. Well, yet. Right. Like, <laughs> like we haven't counted her out altogether. Yeah, she's, uh, that's fair. She's the that's Leo fair. DiCaprio of going for the Darwin Award. <laughs> We're not going to scratch her out of the uh, the brackets quite yet. Good also, why, a Pontiac and Harvard, like, did nobody blow up a car from now? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, moral of the story. No more fucking League of Legends land parties between the physical pipeline people and the billing department. God damn it. Oh, really? He Jerry from IT was just coming to his own on the top lane. Come on, man. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. 
And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Jesse Cubbage, Rowan Willis, John Mark Desmarais, Sally, Daniel Duran, Michael Jenkins, Big Dad Wolf, Longtime listener, but finally finished my PhD and can finally contribute. Until the government wants their money back, at least. <laughs> Audrey H. There are two kinds of people. One, those who can extrapolate from incomplete information. That's the end of that name. <laughs> Art Cannon, Codependent, Rope Stuff 2, and Els, whose beautiful dicks and vaginas are great for all the obvious reasons, but it's also all the small things. True care truth brings i'll leave you roses by the stairs surprises let you know i care that is the best song of the 90s i want a lot of emails about that and whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like 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 hot take hot take best song of the 90s right there when you're doing penises you shouldn't talk about the small things you shouldn't make compliments about the small (laughs) yeah i'm just some people like a petite penis i'm sure that's some people That's what that. I've been told many times. That I have a lot, a lot of people say that. Now. I shop for husky penises. <laughs> all right. So yeah, tweet me your uh, agreement about your all husky, the small things being the best song in the nineties, and about uh, you know petite penises being delightful to some people. A lot of people, lots of people. I have data set you, about it. You literally just asked for emails about penises, dude. I just want I don't want emails. That, so. uh, keep it on the tweets, maybe. I don't know. And I don't think you just made it better. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't, don't want to check emails. It's like voicemail at this point. Just tweet. It's fine. I I do go on Twitter once in a while. I go on Twitter. I, I'll see it. All right. Whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, D and D minus, and Citation Needed. Available on Apple Music, Stitcher, all those other podcast apps, or the deep web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. Jerry tops with mouth. I would have pictured you guys having different accents. Really? As my shirt and boxers. You're you're a little uh, fancier than I would have guessed. <laughs> I feel like we were trying to like warn you that you were going to get a bunch of dick pics and you were concerned that they would be in an inconvenient medium. So I apologize if I like just assumed that you didn't want a bunch of pictures of, of the listeners' penis. No, I'm that is the some dick pics. distilled Heath Enright. He was like, look. I'll look at some weird old guy's hog, but God, don't fill up my <laughs> inbox with it. Yeah. Thank you. If I could guarantee, yeah, if I had a magic wand and I'd be like, a man is going to lower himself over you every morning. You're going to wake up to his balls, but no one will call you on the phone for a week. Heath would be like, oh, the best. <laughs> How many, like he's going to do the ball lowering for a just week? Just once. No, just once. Sunday morning. And that gets me a week of no phone? Week of no phone. Okay, can I repeat the transaction whenever I want? Absolutely, yeah. Yep, deal. (laughs) See? The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.